evening. You are tuned into the start of Writer's Block here on CJSW 90.9 FM. Writer's Block airs on the third Wednesday of every month from 8 to 8.30 p.m. If you ever miss our show, you can listen back on CJSW.com or on the CJSW app. If you'd ever like to get involved with Writer's Block, you can drop us a line at cjsw.writers at gmail.com. This episode of Writer's Block features an interview between host Maddie Robinson in conversation with Dr. James R. Parker about his book, Generative Art for Python. Stay tuned. We're good to start? Good to start, <laughs> And do you prefer Jim or James? Mm. No, Jim, please. Uh, James Jim. is uh, not who I am. Beautiful. That's kind of like me with Madison and Maddie, I guess. You like Maddie. I guess so. Okay, I like Maddie, too. <laughs> Although Madison is a very, um, it's a sophisticated name. I mean, is it depends it? what you're doing. If you're reading a book, Madison, for sure. Yes. Right, okay. Yes, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I've thought about this. Okay, anyway, let's let's get started. All right. Okay, awesome. <clears throat> so, good evening, everybody. This is Madison Robinson with Jim Parker for CGSW 90.9 FM. Hey, Jim, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. So I understand that you recently released a book called Generative Art for Python. Did you mm. want to talk to the CGSW listeners a little bit about that? Well, it's a lot to talk about, um, 200 and some odd pages. Some of them, <laughs> some of them are very odd pages. And so uh, it's about generative art, which most people uh, don't have much of a good idea about. And, and the Python part is uh, a programming language that people can use to create these uh, artistic uh, episodes. Artistic episodes, very cool. Um, so I understand that you are a professor at the university and this book kind of relates to all of your previous like career history, artistic experience, things like this. Well, some of it to be sure. Some I of mean, it for I, sure. <laughs> our professors are supposed to uh, to publish and uh, and do art. And so, yeah, that's this is the domain that I work in. Uh, before I did that, I was a computer science professor, so it works uh, both ways in this case because there's a lot of computer programming involved in this book. Yeah, so I found this interesting, and uh, part of the reason I reached out when I saw this concept is because I thought it was very unique how you're com like you're combining mathematics, computer science, and then art as well because you don't see that very often. Um, I thought it was a very interesting topic for today's society just because AI art and AI writing has recently exploded in the mainstream. Everyone's heard about yep. it. Everyone's kind of tried it out. Um, what do you think about some of these these AI art generators that you find online? Like, what's kind of your first take on those? Uh, my first take on those is that they are um, rather like a video game. They're, right. They're not really, I mean, if you're looking at uh, something like Photoshop, which is a tool you have to manipulate and create art with, um, there's a complete concept uh, of what you're creating in terms of uh, colors and shapes and organization. Uh, whereas with an AI system, what you do is you give it a, a phrase and it generates all these pictures. And so, to my mind, uh, although what comes out could be called art, I suppose, um, it's not that the person who created the uh, phrase is really doing very much about yes. the, the art. So um, there's a difference between generative art, which uses a computer, and digital art before that. In the, in the past, computers have been used to create art. And artists are involved directly at every stage, whereas the AI art is created by the computer based on a suggestion that you make. 
Correct. And it was interesting, this book, because you do mention that there's been kind of a different history with digital art, and it kind of goes back and forth because, for example, for me, I was born in 97. Um, people like to make fun of my age here. Um, <laughs> but one thing I actually remember from, I wouldn't say early childhood, but like later childhood, is the Microsoft Paint program. Every kid used to go on and like play the dumb little Microsoft games and then use the Microsoft Paint program. And mm -hmm. that's kind of an example of an early childhood kind of like slowly sliding towards digital art or art that's not super analog. Um, but you mentioned that when it comes to computers, people think that computers, you talk to them, like for example, with AI, you write to them and they write back, but that's not really what happens. You say that the only thing that computers can do is math, correct? Correct, yeah. And so is there some sort of illusory idea that computers are thinking or that they're creating, or are you just kind of saying that they have so many algorithms set up that they're just really creating and solving problems for themselves and it gives the illusion of thinking? Like what is, what is kind of your take on that? Like what verb would you prescribe to a computer? Wow. That's, Sorry. <laughs> that's pretty profound for the first three minutes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I've thought about this a lot. And I, in fact, in my previous career in computer science, I was working in AI. I did work in um, computer vision, mm -hmm. basically uh, ways to get computers to recognize visual information. Um, so artificial intelligence is uh, was originally called cognitive simulation back in the day, way back in the Interesting. 50s. So what... Uh, my view of it is that it's it's about simulating an intelligence, making a computer appear to be intelligent. Um, it is not necessarily modeled on any process of human thought that we know about, um, and it's not necessarily actually intelligent. It looks intelligent, right? right? And what I tell my game design class is it doesn't have to be right. It just has to look right, and that's what these things do. They look like they're smart. Right. Okay. But then you get the issues where, like, for example, they say with AI art, you see a lot of issues with hands where they don't, they look right, but not exactly. It's like the uncanny valley thing. <laughs> well, that's true. And, and some things are, I mean, look, artists have trouble with hands, too. I know. That's what I was <laughs> thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so it's not a surprise to me. I, I, I'm not sure why uh, an AI has trouble with hands also. Uh, they have trouble with other, other things. So let me say that um, uh, when I uh, was working on a previous book, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the people at this publisher, uh, it's called No Starts Press, always have a robot on the cover. Uh, all, it's a theme. Like, a, like a TELUS always has these animals. Their theme is they have robots doing stuff. Okay? Mm -hmm. So um, what, uh, what I did while I was waiting for various programs to run is I thought, well, let me, let me see if I can design a cover. And I was having trouble. So I went to one of the AI programs and said, Awesome. <laughs> uh, give me give me a robot mm -hmm. drawing a picture. And I could not get any of them to do that. They would give me pictures of robots. Yes. Um, but they would not show me a robot painting or drawing. A, I tried lots of different prompts mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, so there are other things about this. It's not just hands. It's it's getting the, the AI to do exactly what you want is going to be tricky. And, mm -hmm. and one thing most people don't know is that uh, sometimes we just don't know how it does what it does. We have this algorithm that is not uh, deterministic, and it will sometimes step out and do something different. And, Interesting. you know, uh, in this case, I couldn't make it do what I wanted, which is frustrating for a computer person because I'm used to it doing what I want. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and it's another kind of, I guess, error or uh, however you want to call it. Uh, it has trouble with uh, animals, certain kinds of animals. Um, you know, uh, it has trouble with situating things where they belong. 
So there's a bunch of things. It'll get better. Like context, I guess, is context, the word for that, yeah, yes. Yeah. It, it, it'll, it will get, the context will get better. Whether it would be better art, I don't know. I guess the reason why that kind of piques my interest, what you said about the cover, trying to get a robot drawing, a drawing robot something, something draw that you're asking. Sorry, so let's the, see. Maybe you didn't like what I was saying about AI. <gasps> Okay, we need to add this into the show. So listeners, <laughs> we just had a computer error as we were complaining about AI. So we think that this computer at CGSW <laughs> is sentient and dislikes how we're critiquing it. <laughs> I, uh, I read a lot, of course, and uh, one of the stories uh, I have read would basically had an intelligent computer. And they asked, how do you tell when a computer is intelligent? And the answer came back that, well, when it refuses to do stuff you ask it to do. So uh, <laughs> that, that's a likely bet there. Mm. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned that you want this cover of a robot drawing something, and then you ask a robot to draw a robot drawing something. Like, it feels very meta to me yeah. or, or something, um, which is interesting. And then it can't do that, um, which almost, <laughs> I guess, could be kind of a weird metaphor for, like, its lack of self-awareness. I don't know. Just a metaphor, not 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 le well, legitimately, but but I think it's a it's a problem with uh, uh, the way it handles input. So I also asked it at one point to give me some pictures uh, drawn by a woman, and I wanted to see what the difference would be between that and pictures drawn by a man in terms of its perception of this. Interesting. Uh, and it gave me pictures of women, and then give pictures of men. So it didn't actually grok what I was trying to make it do. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So it doesn't have that identity behind it. Not itself. yet. I wanted to chat next about, um, you mentioned, you know, early on that part of human life and human experiences is, is randomness. And you see this with a lot of art. It's not always perfect. It's right. close enough to perfect. Um, I wanted to kind of ask about that randomness because, yeah, life always has has a bit of randomness and a few mistakes. And, like, people talk a lot about art saying that often it's the mistakes in the art that actually add the character to it, not take away. Did you want to kind of expand on where the randomness is important in, like, computer-generative art mm -hmm. or things like this? Um, I know that there's random number generators, you know, that are there to show, like, that there's not too much pattern. And, like, you mentioned in the book, like, snow or other things, if you're trying to draw snow, you don't want it to be like a perfect line of snow. You want it to be kind of all over the place. The confusion between randomness and error yes. is a natural one, but it's not clear to me that that's what randomness is. Um, computers are quite precise. They work with numbers. And yes. the numbers, um, it's not really the intention to be that precise. It's just what they do. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you tell a computer to draw a line... Um, you must tell it where you want it to start and where you want it to end, how thick it you want it to be, and um, uh, what color it should be, stuff like that. But when you tell a person to draw a line, you don't have to tell them all that stuff. And, and so let's, let's go even further, and, and, and this is in one of my classes, so I feel comfortable lecturing you on this. <laughs> um, if you tell somebody to, to draw a line from the upper left corner to the lower right corner with this pencil, mm -hmm. you'll get a line, and everybody's line will be different. It'll start in a different place. It'll end in a different place. It will be crooked in different ways. And that's kind of what I meant. None of those lines are right or wrong. They are simply different. And human art um, is only uh, uh, an ex expression of what we are capable of doing. And perfectly straight lines is not one of those things. Um, so it's an interpretation of the idea of a line, sort of. Right. It's our, it's our view. I mean, it's the best we can do. And sometimes we don't necessarily care if the line is perfect. This line means something in the context of the other ones. Whereas in a computer, the lines are perfect. 
as, as perfect as they can be given the resolution, and, and they go exactly where you tell them. Right. right? So uh, that's the kind of randomness I'm talking about. If you want to make a picture look like somebody drew it, uh, the way to do it is to make it look less precise. Right. It's interesting to me just because I feel like randomness does have a place in art. Like I was thinking about jazz and kind of how like if you hit wrong notes on the piano, they're wrong notes. If you hit wrong notes but make it funky and cool, then it's jazz. <laughs> <laughs> or even like I was thinking about dice rolls and things like this with games like Dungeons and Dragons or video games where part of the fun is that there is that degree of randomness. You don't know what will happen next. Um, it's almost – it kind of actually averts cliche in the literary tradition as well because you're not thinking – of the likely answer, it's just kind of, it's like whatever comes, comes, right? It's almost yeah. like betting. Um, so that's very interesting. I wanted to ask a couple more questions too, though. Mm -hmm. So this kind of piqued my interest because when I was at the university, I had a bit of a um, experience with a program called Twine. I don't know if you know what that is. No, I don't know Twine. So Twine, <laughs> Twine is like an interactive fiction program. Mm -hmm. um, but And most of it's already kind of done for you because it's not done for kind of uh, computery people. It's mostly done for like writerly people. So if you want to write an interactive fiction online where you click on different links to like get different storylines, you have to put in some really basic if this, then this, if this, then this. Okay. That kind of... That and, kind of Cody kind of language, but not quite. Does this write the story for you then? Not quite. Oh, okay. You still got to write it, but it kind of provides the framework so that people can click and then go to a different page online. Yes. Um, and this kind of reminded me a little bit about that because it's kind of cause and effect. So, like you kind of have to tell the computer what to do yep. um, by putting in the algorithm, but it doesn't necessarily do it for you unless you put it in the algorithm first. I think that's kind of where people get a little bit confused. Um, but I did want to ask too. So... When it comes to like AI art and things like this, um, do you ever worry about it taking over, you know, traditional forms of art? Is that something that people come at you all like kind of helter skelter? Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get into discussions with people, and and I would say um, that uh, yeah, computers do that. I fought that tooth and nail again from when I was in uh, computer science. I never wanted my uh, work to take away somebody else's. Uh, right. And it didn't occur to me until I was probably in my 30s that whenever I replaced a human, uh, I was trying to help by making sure the dirty and dangerous and boring jobs were done, but then they didn't have a job. So yeah. that's a problem. <laughs> I didn't really understand that, but now I do. And and But let me get back to the original issue. I don't like that idea, but artists have always um, been uh, recovering from that for the last 150 years. So Think about photography, okay? Yep. When photography came out, um, artists said, well, originally, what, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Because <laughs> they can make a perfect picture, right? And exactly. it turns out that's not what people want, first of all. And secondly, the artists took over photography. Mm -hmm. um, the people who invent it usually start out by doing it, engineers often. And then the artists go, I can do better than that. And then they do better than that. Yes. So now photography is taught in the art department. Uh, but the same goes for uh, motion pictures, um, video, sound recording. It, the artists have always taken that stuff and said, hey, I can do better than that, and they do it. Okay, They incorporate that into their work. And the same happened with computers. The most recent thing would have been in the 50s and 60s when people were doing computer graphics, and, and they just took it over, and they're doing computer graphics. 
the AI thing will be one of those, okay? And it will become clear, this has only been a year that this stuff has been easily available. It'll become clear that, that the people who can simply write a prompt aren't really able to do very much, yep. right? And so the AI will then be used in other ways to accomplish goals and you'll need an artist to make them do that, to make it useful, to make it interesting, right? That's the For thing. For sure. And the, the thing about it too is it's kind of an interesting discussion because, I mean, if you look at it, artists have been using whatever materials are available yeah. to them or whatever exactly. tools. And you, you could always even say that some of them, you know, 200 years ago would have loved something like this in a way, right? Like, you know, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, the, the reason I ask is because recently I got an offer for, I know I have a friend who has a travel company and he, he asked me to write some travel stuff for him just because he's doing a magazine. And <laughs> we got together recently and he said, well, look, I can get the AI to write all these little articles and stuff. And he said, he said, but then I need you to edit it because they sound bad, which is so interesting, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's so generic because the thing, of course, it, it, it can only work off what it already has. And usually like what I've noticed, because I've published a couple, like a, a bit of poetry and the poetry, every time I put in a prompt with the chat GPT stuff, I put it in and I say, write me a poem about this. And do it free verse, and they always fail. It, it's always bad. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I feel like even if the AI art kind of takes a place, I feel like you're still going to need an artist or someone with a keen eye to edit it, or like just use it as a prompt because it doesn't seem to be really sophisticated. Well, the the prompt based stuff I think will go away eventually. As I say, it's a video game, so maybe people will use it for that kind of purpose. When you give a creative person a new tool, they'll find other ways to use it, and it won't necessarily be in the way you think. And here's the problem. Uh, another problem or the issue, the, the feature, uh, the AI can produce 50 pictures, and someone's going to say, well, oh, that one. Mm -hmm. Can you do that one? And then you'll have to make that one into something they can use. Um, so let me explain what I think about art, and you can disagree if you like, but I think art is a, a form of communication between humans. And it is a form of communication that communicates emotion and feeling. Yes. It does not communicate necessarily data, information. It communicates feelings. Hmm. And so the artist is trying to provide you with an ability to feel something. It might not even be exactly what the artist is feeling, but it, you will feel something. So consider a famous painting like The Scream. Mm -hmm. um, what, that, that's not a good painting. I mean, if, <laughs> if, no, if you think about yeah. it, just technique, uh, technique uh, it's not. It, but... What it communicates, the, the feeling it gives you is where the art lives, to, me, to my mind. Yeah, you can almost um, feel the echo or, or well, something of yeah, it. There's yeah, a, there's a lot of art like that. Yes. And so, uh, you know, and, and that's good art, right? There's bad mm -hmm. art everywhere. I, I'm talking about good art, right? Yes. And, and uh, so that's something that an AI cannot do because they are not human. So and I guess I'm defining it out of existence. I'm saying that humans communicate this way. And, and that art is a communication between humans. If AIs make art, it should be for other AIs, I would think. Huh. Uh, and and, uh, and, and that, that sort of, and, and yes, there's going to be some crossover. And one of their pictures might look really cool. And you might want to make a poster out of it. But, uh, yeah. um, you know, but no other, humans turn everything into art, right? And, mm -hmm. and most people don't really think about that. But we could eat anything because that's how we came to rule the world, right? By just eating whatever we wanted. But we cook, we make spices, we turn it into art, you know? We can, we turn sound into art. We turn housing into art. So it's not a surprise to me that, uh, um, you know, the computer is going to do some of that stuff for us. 
yeah. it's a machine that was built to do accounting, but we can make it do art. See, the, the actual rendering of art now is less important. So uh, we have 3D printers. We can make sculptures in 3D, and we can send them to people, and they can print them. Uh, we can send really high-resolution images to people. Um, now, they're not original paintings, but, um, you know, really the thought of, of the Mona Lisa as being a great painting, I mean, it's its provenance, really, rather than the, the painting itself. Who did it and when they did it and, and all that stuff is more important yes. because you can have lots of really good reproductions that are not worth anything, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's a separate thing. The art, the, 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 the where it has been and, and, and who, who did it is is sometimes more important. So the way an AI learns, just so you know, is by us teaching it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and an AI does not learn by the same kind of mechanism that we probably do. Um, uh, the, an AI learns by, we give it a, a, a thing, anyway, we give it an example of that thing. Mm -hmm. And it says, okay, it, it analyzes it. And now we tell it what the answer is. Mm -hmm. And it says, aha, so this is that, gotcha. And it stores that. And we say, yeah. here's another thing. This is a pizza, okay? And it says, yes, that's a pizza, fine. This is not a pizza, okay, fine. And we give it like hundreds of thousands of images of pizzas and not pizzas. Yes. And, and it gradually builds up numerically, by the way, an, an idea of what a pizza is and what a not pizza is. This is called machine learning. This is a very yes. primitive description. It almost sounds very much like the, I, I don't know if you know the whole like, you know, the featherless biped kind of thing, like behold a chicken, that kind of. <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 well, maybe. No? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. But, uh, but uh, see, it's, it's doing this with the numbers. Yes. Uh, and I could, I, I'm not going to explain it on the radio because it would be very difficult. But yes. I hope you get the general gist of this. So there's a joke about artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. An AI goes into a bar and the bartender says, what do you have? And he looks around the bar. The AI looks around and says, I'll have what they're having. Okay, and that's how AIs learn. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. It, I see. It yes. gives you the same. The AI will give you the same result as the people it has learned from. Yes. Yeah. So it learns from artists that are white men, mm -hmm. and that's what it's going to produce. Yes. Uh, and that's the thing that goes wrong with AIs is that the, some of them have been trained with the wrong data. So they recognize right. so the face recognition systems, right? They recognize white men really well, but not women. And not people of other races very well. Really? And, and that's a problem that they've been having. They're trying to fix that now. But it's all about the data. How have you trained it? Mm -hmm. It's also true that an AI, uh, if you give it the same data to t train it in the same order, will learn exactly the same thing. Okay. Now, right. uh, that's not true of people. Right. Yeah, there's <laughs> okay. too many. So uh, there are a lot of differences. Right. But, you know, what I'm trying to say in the book is not, because we don't really do proper AI in the book. The, the book is, is about people making art using a technique called generative, yes. which means that the person, first of all, thinks of what they want to make. Okay, I have this picture in my head of this thing. Okay, now how can I, what is an algorithm, which is a step-by-step -step process? What is a step-by-step -step process I could use to make that thing? Mm -hmm. Artists don't think that way. Artists will take, uh, not always, but they, they'll, yeah. they'll design, but they'll, they'll take their uh, canvas out to the mountains and they'll set it up and they'll paint the mountain. And they may not even have known what mountain they wanted to paint when they went yeah, out there. Exactly. And, and so they'll paint the mountain. And, and if he goes out the next day, it'll be different. different yes, painting, right? yes. Um, whereas, uh, you know, the, the algorithm, the guy with the algorithm, let's say me, he says, well, I have this idea. 
I would like to make this, and it's in my head. I could picture it in my head. So I now have to devise a step-by-step process for making that thing. Mm-hmm. So I am no less an artist for doing that. I have it in my head. All the computer does is render it, the final step. And if I don't like it, then I can say, no, I really, it would be better if it were green. And so I can change it like that. That's what the algorithm is. So uh, you're, you're, um, um, if you're an English major, you will know of this play called Hamlet. What? No. Yeah. Well, I no, don't, I don't, let me explain it. Wanna... No. <laughs> um, so Hamlet, in my opinion, is an algorithm. It is a description of what the play is supposed to be, and that's what I make here. How many times have you seen Hamlet? Has it ever been the same way twice? No. Each one of those performances of Hamlet is what we would call an instance. Like an iteration. An iteration, if you like. But a different actor, different director produces a different Hamlet. Yes. The algorithm is the same every time. But the way it's done differs, right? So the the rendering of it differs. So what I'm doing is, I hate to compare myself to Shakespeare, but what I'm doing is making the Hamlet, and then the computer renders it in a particular way. And I can introduce randomness into it so that it never renders it the same way twice. But it's still rendering my idea Mm -hmm. according to my rules, because I'm the one who programs it. Now, not all artists do the programming. Nonetheless, I think if you are a generative artist, you make the algorithm. That's our medium. We are creators of algorithms that create art. And then it goes off and does that. The AI does art on its own based on what it has seen humans do. Yes. So it is a somewhat different thing. So you, mm-hmm. you give it a sentence like Queen Elizabeth riding a horse smoking a cigarette. And which, you, which we've all seen, of course. Well, Natural. <laughs> but it will, by the way, it never actually succeeds at producing that. I wanted the horse to be smoking a cigarette, but it never. Oh, uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's, it will give you a bunch of pictures you know, of that. I give it the idea. This mm-hmm. is the concept of my piece. I want it to look like this. Yeah. In the same way that Shakespeare said, I want Hamlet to be like this. And then, you know, Richard Burton comes in and does it his way, right? And somebody yeah. else does it their way. And, and, and it's a different play, really. I guess when you're teaching game design, just, I don't know, for any listeners as well that might be at the university and are interested, like, what, how does that kind of plug in? Like, how does that connect? To art? Yeah, to art and this kind of thing. Uh, well, um, video games are the last new art form of the 20th century. So mm-hmm. are they art? Yes, of course they're art. And again, there's good art and bad art, right? So right. <laughs> some games are really good, some games are crappy, and okay. But let's let's assume that's true. And uh, so so why are they in art form? Well, in fact, they're most like theater Interesting. Uh, because they involve visual, but sometimes 3D. They involve actors. Sometimes the actors are generated by the computer. Sometimes they are us. They involve props and sets. They involve sound, music. They involve all everything theater involves. Plus, uh, they involve the interaction of the user. Yes. So when I am, uh, it's basically like improv, right? A a video game is improv theater Mm -hmm. on on the computer. Um, And the computer enforces certain rules and themes, but nonetheless, that's what it is. And so um, when we get into generative art, it's not unlike that in some way. So my generative art has visual, but also audio. I can do um, sound mm-hmm. uh, and do it. I can do um, animations inside the, the thing. I can allow the user to interact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't mean the user has to be using a computer to view it. I can do that in a, a gallery. I can have a, a painting, sort of in a, a thing in a frame, but it's a digital screen, and it is reacting to the, the person in front of it. 
-hmm. so that it responds to that person. It might respond, as I suggest sometimes in the book, uh, to the general uh, color of the clothing people are wearing, or how many people are there, or how fast they're moving, or any number of things. And it changes the artwork depending on those parameters that it measures. So really, it is, in some sense, as much a video game as a video game is, except that it doesn't have the ability to win, which is right. really key. <laughs> Otherwise, though... Uh, I've been it, trying to win at life for 25 <laughs> years. It just hasn't been yeah. working out. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, winning isn't everything. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I teach my guys that actually a game is not supposed to win all the time. A game is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertaining. So if mm -hmm. it beats you all the time, that's not fun, is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so there are these relationships. And so I've learned a lot from... Uh, my work in video games uh, to apply to the generative art area. And in fact, I'm working with an artist in uh, the art department now on a, an installation. And when she saw the, the stuff that I had done for the installation, she said, you know, that looks like a video game. And I guess I'm not surprised by that because that's yeah. kind of what I do. But she yes. hadn't thought of it that way. Right? Yeah. I'm doing an interact, I'm doing a video that has multiple, it's nonlinear, it has multiple directions it can go. Yeah. And, and, and to her mind, that reminds her of a video game. For those who just tuned in, this is Writer's Block on CJSW 90.9 FM. We just heard host Maddie Robinson in conversation with Dr. James R. Parker about his book, Generative Art for Python. If you ever miss the show, you can listen back on CJSW.com or on the CJSW app. Writer's Block airs on the third Wednesday of every month from 8 to 8.30 p.m. If you'd like to get involved with Writer's Block, you can drop us a line at cjsw.writers at gmail.com. We'll catch you next month. <laughs>